Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us on Gary on Guns. We've uh, got uh, Jordan and Brian in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Guys, good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. Um, it's not a good morning, uh, and I'll, I'll let me explain why it's not good. Um, President Biden gave a speech, and it was the uh, gun safety summit, quote-unquote, and I had to listen to it twice, once to record it and once to edit it. So I got to the studio at dark 30 this morning, recorded it, listened to it, edited it, uh, so that we can play some excerpts of the stupidity. And uh, that, that really, I'm, you guys owe me um, <laughs> something for, for, it's just, it's too painful. Uh, but he did, he went up uh, and, and made this speech and said some pretty remarkable things. So I thought we'd listen to parts of it. I'll save you all the rest. Uh, and just, it's uh, awfully get, early on a Saturday to ruin my morning, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, I, you know, I went through hell. You get to go through it, too. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is uh, really a gun control summit. It's not about gun safety. It's not about protecting people. It's about this lie that somehow you can ban guns and stop violence. Uh, and it, it doesn't really hold water. Uh, here is uh, here are some of the comments from uh, President Biden. Look, folks, a year ago, the conventional wisdom was we would never get any Republicans to support gun legislation, period. That was the conventional wisdom. And all the usual obstacles would block us once again, but it didn't happen. Instead, I signed into law the Bipartisan Savers Community Act, which you've referenced several times today, which many have described... Which may have described as the most significant gun safety law in 30 years, and it is. But for me, and for most of you, here's what it really is. It's an important first step. All right, so the first thought here is Republicans got on board with this too. You can't trust anybody. The second thought that I have here is when he says it's a first step, it means obviously this isn't good enough. This isn't doing the trick. They're going to go further. Uh, There's more to come. Yeah, more to come. Uh, so uh, he goes on. The facts give us reason to hope, though. So far this year, murders down in many major cities across the country. Well, <laughs> not, don't really? laugh. Sorry. Well, <laughs> well, wait a minute. Here's here's the thing. Gun sales are through the roof. You guys know this. Uh, it may not be quite as high as it was two years ago. But we've got millions and millions of people who are armed, who have firearms, who have more than one firearm. And he's telling us murders are down. So is there a disconnect? <laughs> well, there is a disconnect, uh, in, in my opinion, that the, the firearm ownership in America has nothing to do with the, the crime numbers. Uh, we've always had tons and tons and tons of guns in our society. And, uh, you know. The, the crime numbers go up and down, and it's irrelevant to private firearm ownership. Yeah, there's there's no connection here. There's no correlation here. Uh, but he goes on, and uh, we'll play some. Here's a quick summary of what this law is doing. It's already allowing the Justice Department, through the FBI, to run enhanced background checks on young people under 21 trying to buy a firearm. Uh, has do we have any indication that that saved any lives? Do you guys have any? 
no, input? No, no indications, but I, it is everybody. Everybody that's under 21 uh, that gets delayed that entire, what is it now? I guess uh, 13 business days? Uh, they yeah. all get delayed 13 business days? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, the, they all get extended. I haven't had anybody that hasn't got it. it yeah, if they can, they're going to extend you, and they always do. So every single person that's 20, what, 19 and 20, or 18, 19, 20, all of them always get extended that additional time, every single does, one. Does this apply to rifles as well as pistols or just well, uh, no pistols? pistols uh, no pistols because they're less than 21. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, okay. So, yeah, all, all your rifles, shotgun, single shot, break open, 22, doesn't matter. They all get extended every time. Now, the government does not know what gun they're buying other than there's a checkbox and we put it in for sale of handgun, sale of rifle, sale of shotgun, sale of other. Uh, but you can't sell another to an under 21, so it's just rifle, rifle shotgun. That's all the, the government knows. How many rejections has the government given you? I don't think I've had any. I can't recall any off the top of my head because very few people get denied anyway. I mean, it, that's a rare thing for people to get denied. If you get, gosh, if you get 15 to 25 denials in a year, that's that's a lot, at least for us um, in this area. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't think of any that have gotten denied, and I don't think we ever get a – I shouldn't say more than half the time, we never get a proceed back. We just get through the delay and we transfer the firearm. Um, sometimes we do get a delayed back, you know, or get a, get an actual proceed back from them after somewhere towards the end of that ten days. Makes me wonder if they're really doing the background check. You know, I, they just. I doubt it. I mean, how how would they institute that and get the extra people to do the extra work across multiple states and multiple agencies? I'm I I, I don't know how it works, and I, they've never really described how it works. But you know, they were going to check local. Uh, uh, sheriff's office and check local records and check local, um, you know, mental health stuff. And it's, I don't know how they do it or if they do it. I can't imagine that they do anything at all. It's probably just an, uh, a wait period. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I think they just say, well, we're doing a deep dive here. Hang on. Uh, but they never get back to you or rarely get back to you. That means they probably aren't doing anything. We don't know that for sure. It's just speculation. But so far, uh, it doesn't seem to have done anything. Uh, in, in terms of uh, increased safety. But Biden goes on. He's, he's not done. This legislation has already provided more than $230 million for states to expand the use of tools like the red flag laws, as my son was the first to enforce when he was attorney general, which says that a court has the right to temporarily remove, temporarily remove a firearm where there's danger to themselves or others. More people die from gun violence as a consequence of suicide than anything else that happens in the nation. But that's because it's the handy tool. And when the handy tool goes away, then they have other tools that they use. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not a particularly useful statistic. It's useful for him in his speech. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it's, it's purposely... Um, deceitful. Yes. I would argue. All right, um, but he's not through. He, he loves these red flag laws, uh, which I would argue are useless. Uh, in fact, uh, John Lott, who's a pretty regular guest on the program, wrote about these, uh, these uh, uh, red flag laws, and uh, he determined that they're really pretty useless, uh, if a person is really 
a danger to himself or others, confiscating guns isn't much of a solution because there's so many other ways, he says, to di- to for disturbed people to cause harm. Advocates of the red flag laws want people to believe that simply taking away someone's legally owned guns means the problem is solved. Last week, we back when the, the Biden administration announced they were using part of the uh, multi-trillion dollar spending bill um, for states to enact these red flag laws and, and push the other gun control policies, uh, it, it, it didn't amount to much. Uh, after the mass public shooting at Michigan State, gun control advocates from Bloomberg's uh, Moms Demand Action were touting the red flag laws as the solution. Michigan legislators uh, uh, also see the attacks as a chance to pass the law, but it doesn't respect the rights to due process. Judges take away a person's guns without hearing, uh, without a hearing, based on only a mere written complaint. Uh, laws don't even uh, uh, make the people safer. It's easy enough for people to do something crazy with a motor vehicle, but none of the red flag laws address taking away a person's ability to drive. A 62-year-old guy uh, ran over people with a U-Haul truck in Brooklyn, uh, killing one and injuring eight others, described as having a mental health crisis. Uh, Until July 2018, the Crime Prevention Research Center, John Lott's group, uh, tried keeping a list of vehicle attacks worldwide. The worst recent vehicle attack was in France, uh, July 14, 2016. 86 people killed, 430 wounded. Uh, much more uh, deadly than any American mass public shooting uh, in Western Union. Only the uh, in Western Europe, only the uh, November 2015 Paris concert attack was was more deadly. There have been more vehicle attacks in the past few years. November 2021, 38 year old guy already facing felony charges for attempting to kill the mother of his child with his car, murdered six and injured 62 others. The list goes on and on. Uh, you've got a red flag law that says, uh, you know, we're going to check your mental health, uh, take your guns, uh, and somehow you're not going to commit murder or suicide. All you're doing is shifting it from one weapon to another. <laughs> you're absolutely right. A thousand percent. That's all that they do is just shift the tool from one tool to another. All right, we got more happy Biden speech, I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll come back and do that in just a moment. Uh, we've got uh, Jordan and Brian in from Powderhorn, Powderhorn Guns and Archery. I'm Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Jordan is in uh, along with Brian from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. And by the way, there are enough firearms in the studio here uh, that I think the store must be empty. Can't wait to get to show and tell and tell you what they brought in. Uh, coming up, some somehow we've come up with a masked superhero. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard the story or not, but we'll give you the details in a little while. In the meantime, uh, President Biden was out speechifying about gun control in Connecticut and uh, made some rather ridiculous statements. And uh, we've been playing them, uh, and uh, we're going to continue with uh, some of his uh, pearly words of wisdom. Suicide. <laughs> The association has already delivered more than $1.5 billion to states and communities to make schools safer, improve access to mental health services, and help young people deal with the grief and trauma resulting from gun violence, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Uh, again, don't, I don't see where this stops suicide. It just changes the methodology. Um, we'll go on. 
So we finally can say that those convicted of domestic violence abuse against their girlfriend or boyfriend cannot buy a firearm, period. <clears throat> and by the way, it's already saving lives. There are fewer deaths occurring. So I got a question about this. Uh, Jordan, if uh, some guy uh, gets upset with his girlfriend and uh, smacks her across the face, doesn't pull a weapon, doesn't try and kill her, and, uh, and by the way, I'm certainly not advocating that behavior. That's, that's uh, despicable. But does that mean he can lose the right to own a gun? Yes. Yeah, any domestic. Any any domestic at all, which and you don't even have to touch them, uh, just your, your threats, your threats of violence. Um, now you have to have a conviction, so that that's a ways down the, the down the system. But yeah, you can have a conviction for just saying the words that you're going to hurt, kill, do things, um, and that will keep you from getting a gun forever. Wow, and that's been that way for a long time. Yeah, it's a long, long, long. Oh no, time. no, yeah. no, 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 no. President Biden says. Uh, <laughs> This is new. And he he also says he's going to build a bridge across the Indian Ocean. <laughs> you, you heard about that, huh? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're speculating, Brian and I, that it's going to be a solar-powered train. Uh, How high above the water is it going to have to be for the ships to get under it? Oh, we don't care about that. <laughs> Nasty, carbon-driven uh, uh, ships. Uh, we don't care about that. Uh, everything will get transported by railroad. All right. Uh, here we go. Back to uh, President Biden. In that area. For the first time ever, we explicitly made gun trafficking a federal crime. And said, what the hell, it wasn't already? Was gun trafficking federal crime? Or a federal operation. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Think about it. You go home and tell your mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle that, well, gun trafficking is now a crime. They're going to look at it like, what are you talking about? It's always been a crime. It wasn't a crime. We did the same thing for straw purchases. That's when a middleman who can pass the background check buys a gun, uses it for someone who can't pass the background check. It's now a federal crime if you do that. Um, <laughs> has been forever. Since you mean he didn't just do this? Nine, 90, oh gosh, I forget when they instituted the, the background check, the required background check, in the, but it was in the 90s. You mean he, he, he didn't just do this? No. He's taking a bow. They probably added one. In a, in a piece of, in a piece of uh, a, a sentence in that legislation somewhere, and that allowed him to make a statement like that. But, uh, yeah, it's been illegal forever. Oh, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I thought he had made some real progress here. And finally, we finally clarified who needs to register as a federal licensed gun dealer. Because a federally licensed gun dealer is required by law to run background checks on those he's selling a weapon to. And in most cities down in Philadelphia and New York, areas I know well, like up here, you'd see a truck pull up, pull to the curb, and selling weapons, selling guns, selling AR-15, selling weapons. Um, you guys have been doing it wrong all these years. Jeez, I didn't You're know you... You're paying uh, the overhead for the building and the insurance and the employees and everything. All you had to do was get a truck. And uh, stop somewhere and say, get your red-hot firearms. <laughs> just like the food trucks? We could just kind of park yeah. in there with them? Apparently, that's what was good. Have you ever heard of that happening anywhere? I mean, but besides the, the the bad people doing it. And, of course, they don't really pull up in a truck and just do that. No. Yeah, no. I've lived in a lot of major cities. I never, ever heard a story where 
Somebody pulled up with a truck full of firearms. I've heard of it. You you, you have, yeah, Brian? Yeah, this is the uh, gun truck loophole that he was talking about. Couple the, uh, oh, the gun truck loophole. Yeah, uh, he's trying to close that. Oh, uh, so we you haven't heard of that. So uh, I, guess, I guess we have some time. We can still make it in. Yeah, uh, it, I mean it's just it, it's made up. It's crap. It's not well, true. The the things that they have been coming after over the last five years, as guns have been more popular, are the people who have ordered lots and lots of lowers, like a, a stripped lower. And then they'll, they'll order 30 at a time, which they're probably putting together and then selling on GunBroker or anything else. And they haven't gone after those people because of a crime issue. They've gone after those people because they want their money. Uh, they want them to register uh, as firearms dealer. They want them to pay their penny to the IRS. Um, and that has been the... That's what we have seen personally over the last, I don't know, five to seven years. Uh, but no, no, no trucks. I haven't seen any trucks yet. No trucks. Eh? I just <laughs> got this vision of, you know... Uh, uh, a, a sprinter van uh, full of firearms, you know, like a little sh mini showroom on wheels. <laughs> Maybe a carnival barker out front. Step right up, catch your new gun. Uh, it's nonsense. It's made up. It's crap. Oh, man. Guns and street tacos. This could be really good. I think we've got an idea here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole new show. All right, but he's not done. No, no. Nay, nay, Perlene. He continues. We will ban assault weapons in this country. We will ban multi-round magazines. We will hold gun makers liable. We will beat the gun industry. We will beat big money that sits behind them. And the politicians refuse to stand up and act. It won't be easy. I have no illusions how fiercely they'll fight back. But I also have no illusions about the people in this room. Look at what you've already done here in Connecticut and around the country. Look at the movement you've built. Look at the people you've helped elect. Look at the progress you've made in state houses. Look at all the mothers organizing all across the country. Listen to the young people who have spoken out here today. They're speaking for a whole generation. And they will not be ignored. They will not be shunned. They will not be silent in this moment. This moment. So he makes it clear. He, he, he thinks AR-15s should go. Uh, but there are a variety of other semi-automatic rifles that are available to f functionally do the same thing, but they're not AR-15s, so this really isn't going to change anything. More people are killed with hands and feet, uh, than uh, certainly than by uh, rifles. So what the hell is the progress here? <laughs> None. None. I mean, it, it, it fulfills their agenda that gets their base to vote for for them and listen and provide money, it, 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 there's nothing there. I mean, but they but they sure make a they sure make a splash out of it. Yeah, they do. Um, we've got just a little bit left in this speech, and we'll we'll play it after the break. But it is perhaps the most confusing part of the speech uh, that we're approaching. This is the very end of the speech, and uh, we'll play that for you next. Can't wait. Uh, oh, your bated breath. Minnows on your tongue. <laughs> it is Gary on Guns. Hey, good morning. And uh, I am pleased to tell you that uh, Jordan and Brian are in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. And we've gone over uh, some of the more salient. Uh, well, uh, I don't think you can say anything in the speech was salient. Uh, but some of the, uh, the points that uh, President Biden was making in his anti-gun speech up in Connecticut. The most puzzling part of the speech is coming up. Um, and then uh, we'll kind of do a little round table here. There's nothing beyond our capacity. That's the power of memory of your loved one. That's the power 
of this moment. That's the power of America. Our lives and the lives of our nation find purpose. Something to do, someone to love, something to hope for. We have just keep going and keep the faith. Every time I walk out of my grandpa Finnegan's house, I was going to yell, Joey, keep the faith. My grandmother would yell, no, Joey, spread it. <laughs> remember who we are. We're the United States of America. Now, he just said, remember who we are. We're the United States of America. I didn't mishear that. He, he, he knows he's in the United States. And there's nothing beyond our capacity when we do it together. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. We can get this done. God save the queen, man. God save the huh? queen? That was a little weird. God, God save the queen? Wow. Does he, <laughs> did he forget already where he was? Did, did he think he was speaking in front of the parliament? <laughs> Come on, leave the poor. You're you're of a similar age of him, and you got to know that at that age, things start to slip. It's hard to remember things. I mean, you know how it goes. I may forget to turn your microphone on. <laughs> That's entirely possible. All right, out of the way, I made my one old joke for the radio show, and now we'll be, I'll be back to being a gentleman. <laughs> back? <laughs> I'll try to become one. How's that? Uh, there you go. <laughs> Making fun of old folks. Oh. Just so... And, you know, Brian is really offended. <laughs> Hanson, that is. Oh. Yeah. You didn't think I was going to make fun of the sponsor, did you? <laughs> nay, nay, Perlene. A uh, lot yeah. of uh, uh, great firearms that you guys brought into the studio, but we've we've got some interesting stories out here. One of them I found really, um, well, strange. Uh, the sheriff in uh, Kanawha County, West Virginia said that four people were taken into custody on suspicion of burglary. Here's the story. The people told the deputies that they had been inside a cabin when they were leaving a masked man approached them and tied their hands behind their backs. Investigators say he then shot flat the tires of an ATV and a truck that they were using. Now, the owner of the cabin... Uh, was on the scene and told investigators he didn't use the cabin full-time, uh, that it had been broken into several times over the last six weeks. Deputies say uh, that their investigation revealed the cabin owner is not responsible for tying the four people up, and the identity of the masked man is, in, is not known. So they were burglarizing this guy's cabin. A masked man secures them, ties them up, shoots out the tires on their vehicle so they can't escape, and then apparently calls law enforcement and says there are trespassers on this guy's property. I have visions of Batman showing up <laughs> to save their house. And, it's, and it wasn't the owner of the property. Is that weird? That's, that sounds like an episode of like Ozarks or something. Yeah, that's, that sounds a little weird. That's amazing. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh. Well, this time it seems like it was an okay thing, right? Nobody got hurt. Yeah, everybody lived. Just some, yeah. just some poor ATV tires got to get replaced. But I'm guessing the ATV belonged to the bad guys. Was yeah. the thought okay? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it worked. <laughs> I mean, it could have turned out a bunch of different ways. But I'm not a proponent of telling people just because they're not police officers that they shouldn't do anything. I think we all have to to, to buck up and do a little bit of our society. But uh, masked? That's weird. That adds that uh, that extra hoo-ah to it. Yeah, because they have no nobody knows who the guy is, and he just shows up, secures the bad guys, uh, destroys their chances of leaving, and then disappears. It's a little vigilante. 
Yeah, I guess in this society, though, as many times, especially you start to get close to it. You said West Virginia? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I see you're getting over to that area where uh, the good guys usually get taken to jail. So that's probably a, a good place to stay masked up. Huh. West Virginia? No, I don't think the good guys go to jail. West Virginia is kind of a conservative uh, state now. It, I guess I guess we get out of the, the big municipalities, yeah. But you're getting there. You're getting towards that coast. That coast just scares the heck out of me. That coast <laughs> just scares the heck out of me. But both of them, both coasts. <laughs> yeah, true, true story. Something about water. Something about something about water. Something in the water. <laughs> um, you know, vigilante justice is is dangerous. Uh, you know, but is. he didn't actually punish anybody. He just rest, restrained them until law enforcement could get there. Yeah, didn't didn't beat anybody past whatever you know happened. So all in all, you look at it and you go, why shouldn't someone be able to do that? You see someone committing a crime, why should you not be able to take control of the situation? So, is that a crime in and of itself? Uh, as described, for that situation, I haven't heard one yet. Now, I don't know the laws out there, but as described there, I, I haven't heard one. You know, you witness a, a, a law violation, you are allowed to, well, you're a person, so you're allowed to go tell people to knock it off. Once you start taking control of people, you have to be careful what you violate, saw them violate. You saw them go through a stop sign without stopping, you can't uh, handcuff them with your own handcuffs, put them on the ground and wait for police. That, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. Um, but you see someone breaking into a house, you're committing a felony at that point, uh, most likely. As soon as you've, if you've destroyed a door, um, you're probably out, you're probably already to felony amounts. You know, you, you kick in a door, break the locks out, you go try to replace the front door right now, you're going to be paying, oh, I don't know, 500 to $5,000. And you're over the felony amount already. So you've witnessed a felony occurred. Um, the, Right so that, if that happened in Columbia, Missouri, would that be tantamount to a citizen's arrest? I guess. I mean, yeah, you're 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 doing something that you are detaining somebody against their <laughs> against their will. Uh, but it is legal to to do that on a on a law violation. It's legal for you to do it. You just got to make sure you're right. I mean, that's one of those that you, just just like law enforcement does. You know, law enforcement has to make the same decision. they got to make sure that they're right, or at least the preponderance of the evidence suggests that they are correct about what they have observed. Um, and uh, and you can do it. You, almost everybody will tell you no, because there are so many things that can go wrong. There's so many things that can go, what if those four guys have been armed and you, you ended up, or one have been armed, you end up in one of those situations. But uh, all in all, you're, you're legally allowed to. You get to cross the line into kidnapping Yeah, very easily. Yeah. Or beating somebody, you know, get them in handcuffs and you decide, oh, I might as well punch this guy and show him a lesson. You, you, you can cross a line very quickly. But, boy, it's kind of nice. <laughs> to, you know, there's a part of me that goes, that is really rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it makes you feel good, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, we need a little more of that. Yeah. Uh, but you got to be careful, and I don't want to mm -hmm. encourage people to to, uh, to right. get involved uh, where they don't belong. <laughs> uh, maybe the best thing to do is to be a good witness. That is always the best, especially if people aren't getting hurt. If people are not getting hurt, be a good witness. I mean, I, I still would do that. I still see you know things that happen around. You know, everybody's got a, everybody's yeah. got a, a camera phone, yep. except Brian Hansen, who still uses a flip phone. <laughs> uh, but everybody's got a camera phone. Uh, you get the license number, you video the the, the perps, and uh, don't I sound professional? The perps. You do. <laughs> Not the perpetrators, the perps. I'm, I get it my own TV show. Just wait. A, it, they'll hear me and they'll they'll hire me. Uh, but it, it, then you go to the police and let them, yeah. let yes. them do the job. That's probably the smartest move. 100% the smartest move. Keep yourself back. You don't ever get in danger because you don't know. You see someone, you know, 
tearing up playground equipment, you don't think much of it, but they could take it to a different level. Um, so, yeah, just try to be a good witness if nobody's getting hurt. And if people are getting hurt, you got to make a decision what you're willing to do. All right. We've 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 got another story here um, where uh, the good guy prevailed. A little nicked up, but he, he did prevail. <laughs> a 60-year-old armed citizen uh, was defending himself against uh, two would-be burglars. Uh, this happened uh, near Houston, Texas. And uh, apparently uh, the homeowner armed with a gun, uh, he, his surveillance camera spied two men trying to break through a fence on his property. He went outside, he demanded that the guys leave, uh, and they started shooting at him instead, which I think is really insane. Well, he was, as I said, armed also, fired back several times. Uh, he was uh, shot in the leg, so he, and, and I guess he's going to be okay, but one of the uh, suspects was shot multiple times, uh, he uh, ran back through the fence, uh, stopped at a stairwell, and uh, never moved again. Apparently, that was uh, that was his uh, his last breath. Uh, the second suspect is missing, but they were coming into his property, and they were coming in armed, which meant, and uh, it, it's clear that this is what they were willing to kill him. Uh, had he not been armed, they probably would have. Uh, and this this goes to the to the uh, you know the right of people to protect their own property. You see someone breaking in, it, especially if you're home. They it, in their mind they can't leave you as a witness. They're going to try to kill you. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you don't know what their intentions are going to be. I mean, everybody will talk about their intentions afterwards. Oh, they weren't going to do nothing. Oh, they're just going to take a TV, whatever. And maybe they were. But, man, you have too many unknowns, nowhere else to go, and especially if you've got a family and other things like that to protect. That's, there's there's very little leniency once you get in, uh, in into a property. Backyard, maybe you have a little bit more. But if I'm going to be talking to you, you start shooting at me, you're going to get shot back. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, once, especially once you enter that dwelling, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's very little leniency for you at that point. There's very little time left in this segment at this point, so we're going to take a quick break and come right back. You're listening to Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is uh, Gary on Guns, and uh, Brian is in uh, along with Jordan from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Uh, shortly, we will be doing show and tell, and uh, boy, we got a lot of really neat firearms that have uh, 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 that they brought into the studio, and they'll be uh, back at Powderhorn. What uh, shortly after the program uh, airs? Yeah, we should be back over there just a little after ten. Okay. Uh, there's a, 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 a story that uh, came up on, on Newsmax about the Internal Revenue Service uh, going into a gun dealer in Great Falls, I think Montana. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard this, but it's the Internal Revenue Service that's raiding this gun store. Uh, here's the, uh, the report. Financial records, accounting, making sure what transactions were taking place. No. They took all of the 4473 forms. The 4473 forms are what everyone fills out when they go to purchase a firearm. And it's just a big disclosure to make sure that you don't have a criminal background or other reasons where you should not be purchasing a firearm. So why would the IRS go into a gun store and take the the, the NICS check papers? What, what that sounds a little... Well, that sounds a little weird. I'd want I'd want more information to make sure that, that they actually take them because that's a 
problem. They're not allowed to leave the premises of the store. They can take copies. I don't know about IRS, but like the ATF can take pictures of violations. Like if, if, if we screwed up or the customer screwed up on a form and they're going to cite us for it, they can take pictures of that form as a part of the proof that, you know, there was a mistake made and this is why we're citing you for it. But as far as I know, no one else can do that. I, I mentioned earlier why the IRS had gotten involved with some of it recently. The ATF had been because you had people that were making guns and selling them. I mean, obviously, they were putting together, you know, buying a strip lower, putting it together and charging a couple hundred bucks uh, to people to sell them online or to friends or whatever. And the IRS was, was definitely going after that because they wanted their money. You know, you, 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 you create a firearm, you have to, you have to pay the man, uh, the federal excise tax. And so you have some of that, but I, I don't know. Without more information, that also—that's one of those wild-sounding stories. You're like, I need to know more. Yeah, uh, the whole thing just sounds wrong. The 4473s cannot leave the store; they have to stay in the premises. Um, and the IRS, I wouldn't think, would have any jurisdiction to take any of them, uh, much less even really look at them without the ATF present. They, they would not be able to take, and I wouldn't let the ATF do it without a uh, a strong fight and/or court order. Um, to, to take the originals and leave the store with it. What information could they glean from that 4473 that they don't already have? Gosh. The only information that they don't have is the specifics about the firearm that was transferred. And they don't know who's doing it. Because the government is not... <laughs> I always laugh. Uh, the government is not allowed to keep a list of, you know, John Smith applies for a gun, he gets preceded, uh, they have to expunge all that information other than the fact that this NTN, the, the number they assigned to that form, uh, was either a proceed, delayed, denied. Um, so they can't keep any information about who, what, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so they wouldn't have that information. So I guess if they wanted to know who had firearms, then that's the only way, in theory, is to go through a gun book or through the gun forms. Interesting if uh, it is as they say. Um, now, if you think they're doing, uh, if they're doing some trafficking, maybe some cover up and trying to launder some money through gun shops and other things like that, well, then you, you see how the IRS gets involved. You know, if there's more to the story, not saying there is, but you, you can see how the IRS starts getting involved in that type of stuff because it, it's hard to, you know, that's why there's so many IRS laws. That's how we caught the gangsters. That's how we did things. We, we had to, we had to do it through money because we couldn't catch them doing the other stuff. That's true, by the way. Uh, Scarface didn't go down uh, because of murder or uh, bootlegging. Uh, they got a, the IRS got him. Yeah. Tax evasion. Yeah, we create laws to catch some serious bad guys, and then those laws stick around. Yeah, Just, and, and oh. snag everybody else. Yeah, that's why we can't have full autos. That's why we can't have uh, silencer or, or suppressors or any of that stuff. And that's that's one of all those go back to to those days of hey, can man, you can't catch them. We got to find them. Can you tie a case to suppressors? Uh, well, you have to have a, a permit to have one. Yeah, I know, but yep. you know, the semi-automatic, oh. the fully automatic weapons. Yep. Uh, I think of the St. Valentine's Day massacre yep. as you know the last straw, and then they do this knee-jerk reaction yep. uh, and start legislating uh, against them. Yep. But I can't think of any case so where it, a suppressor, uh, you know, made a difference. Oh well, it was the possession of if you can. If I can figure out anything, as a police officer or anybody else, that the bad guy has, but most people don't have, well, can we make that uh, illegal to own or only able to own with a permit? Because if I can do that, I can probably grab a lot more bad guys, and it doesn't mean anything to the, the average good guy. I mean, it could be anything. If, 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 
It could be a yellow lighter. Okay, but can't have yellow lighters anymore. So now every time I find one of these guys that I know is a serious bad guy, uh, but they love to carry yellow lighters, then uh, it would be great because then I can go arrest them for having a yellow lighter, and the average person doesn't care. Doesn't care how silly it is because it doesn't affect them. And, and those are those are how those laws go into effect. And this, from my understanding, the suppressors was one of those that got tied up into the NFA because okay, bad guys like to have these. Um, just these 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 gangsters like to have this stuff. Uh, makes everything quieter. Makes their they just they happen to have them for whatever reason they have them. Sure. The average person doesn't. Let's make it illegal. That way, well, not necessarily illegal, but let's make it illegal without a permit. And that way, we can utilize this to get more of those guys off the street when we can't catch them or make a real case for what they're really doing. It's actually going to, it's just going to keep rolling forward. I mean, you you tell the bad guys you can't have a fully automatic weapon, they use a semi-automatic weapon. You tell them they can't have a semi-automatic weapon, they'll use a bomb, a knife, a car. Uh, You're never going to stop killings by stopping (laughs) a particular tool. Facts. Gun control just does not work. There is a, a story at Vox, V-O-X, Vox.com, uh, and they say, uh, and, and they have a question, do, buy, do gun buybacks work? Uh, it's a short three-paragraph piece, and I read it, and I, 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 I'm totally at a loss here. Uh, they write, on May 3rd, 2023, Serbia experienced two mass shootings that were more than, uh, left 15 people dead. Uh, While Serbia has one of the highest gun ownership rates in the world, mass shootings there are rare. And the shootings shocked the country. In response, one of the big things the Serbian government did was implement a weapons surrender scheme. So far, 26,000 unregistered weapons, 1.3 million rounds of ammunition, and 6,000 explosives have been voluntarily surrendered. It's too soon to know the impact that this will have on Serbia's gun ownership rate, but... We can look at Australia, where in 1996 they implemented the world's largest mandatory buyback program. 30 years later, Australia has removed 640,000 guns from the streets. To understand what the data says about the effects of the program regarding gun deaths and mass shootings, it says check out our explainer above. Well, there is no explainer above. And I don't see where they make their case here. Either one of you guys see anything in that story? No, no, no. Uh, and if they're taking, if they're con- six hundred forty thousand guns, that means they're still coming into the country. I, All right, show I'm, and tells coming up. We're, we're not. We're going to try and figure these people out. We're just going to move on. Gary on gun.